0: Well, let's just go before the Lord. First thing, Father, we come to you tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus. And God, we're just looking for the presence of God, looking for the Spirit of God. Lord, we sung, Holy go- Ghost, thou art welcome in this place, and we're counting on that. Father, we need that. We need the presence of Almighty God to even see a greater revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need the Spirit of God to hover over us and soften our hard hearts and stiff necks that we can heed the word of God and we can perceive it and understand that faith can be deposited in our hearts tonight. Lord, as you have called us to take our half acre, and Lord, you have called us to take out these giants, Lord, that constantly scream and keep us down from doing what you would have us to do, Lord. Giants of fear and worry and fret, Lord God. All the various things, Lord Jesus. Father, we need the Spirit of God to come. God, I pray that you would take just this simple message, Lord, and make it powerful. Lord, let it burn deep into the conscience of the believer and into their heart, Lord, that they could see how mighty, how powerful, and how awesome you are tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Okay, need a little bit of time here? need Bruce. You've probably seen in the news where Omar Gaddafi was taken out, dictator of Libya for 40-plus years, I think. Right here's good, Bruce. And that they had can't find 20,000 ground-to-air missiles Take out airliners and planes. They're showing up in hostile nations, being sold on the market. All this various high tech equipment that the enemy, the nukes of Iran that they're trying to get, have tanks that can go 60 miles an hour. And with computer aiming facilities, they can bounce and fly. Now, that big gun, and they can nail things right on target with these computerized tanks. What's the church have? What do we got? In case you know the word, it's five stones. Know what this is? Sure, it's not the one David had, but it's this thing. Shot. How do you like to have this one? Know what that is? Remington jawbone. High-tech equipment the church has. Precise. Give me one of those to go into battle. I forgot one. Actually, I forgot two. Maybe I should even preach just to show these things and you should know your word. This is the mystery one, though. We'll see later. There's your weaponry. Now go into battle. Let's look. 1 Samuel 20, verse 37. It's a verse I heard in a message a long time ago. I've given it to you before, Um, maybe made the revelation known to you like I wanted to in that message, and the title of tonight's message is called uh, Beyond Me, Beyond Me. That which God calls us to do is totally beyond us, no matter what it is. mentioned this morning about loving your enemy. We can't even love each other. You're my pale Margie till you cross me. In that kind of way it goes, it's sad. It's, I mean, it's very sad how, how we are. And these things are beyond us, but that's what God does. He calls us to do things that we cannot do. In order, He receives all the glory. Our privilege is to be used by Him, totally be used by Him. And that verse where we, where we get this beyond me now comes out of Samuel and it's, it's simple, they're out there, and this was a, a, a sign. Jonathan yells, the arrow's beyond me. But in this, in this warfare that we find ourselves in all the time, and you are. I mean, look, you are either going to fight or get beat up. Okay? That's kind of just the way it is. You're either going to fight in this fight or you're going to get thumped. You're going to get beat up. Because as long as your name is on the roll up yonder, you're in for a fight because the enemy despises your God, hates your God, loathes your God, and so therefore he attacks God's children, and you are in this warfare. So this half acre, you have to take it, and these giants, you got to go after them. You just have to, as we've been looking at in the last few weeks, and hopefully you're starting to see a theme here. Maybe God will turn the direction next Sunday, but right now he's wanting us to defeat these things that keep holding us down. These giants like the big bullies in the sand on the beach, kicking sand on us puny guys. And that's what the enemy does, but he's all smoke and mirrors. He is. He's all smoke and mirrors. And you're like, oh, I don't know. And people get afraid. They say, call him names. He's a jerk. He is how great can he be if these weapons here can take him out how powerful can he be if these weapons right here uh, blow a horn at me I mean how strong how powerful yet we cower in Isaiah 14 I believe it is when we finally see the enemy for who he is what are we going to do What are we going to say? Him? He made the nations to tremble. This puny, scrawny. This. And yet we do. And this is our time now to rise up with the weapons that God gives us, no matter how silly and insignificant they seem. When God's behind it, the enemy doesn't have a prayer. He doesn't have a prayer. And so Jonathan says, these various situations are circumstances that you're in. Verse 37, 1 Samuel 20. It says, when the lad was come to the place of the arrow which Jonathan had shot, Jonathan cried after the Lord and says, is not the arrow beyond thee? And I just want to use that text to make this point. Is not that which God is calling us to do? Beyond us. Is not the circumstances we find ourselves in, beyond us, the situation that God's calling us to do, the victory that He wants to do through us and with us and in us, is it not beyond us again and again and again? It's beyond me. When I think of what the Lord wants to do, when you look at Zanesville and the hardness of it and the rampant sin, and the the more violent the sin is becoming in our city, our very own little puny city. And you want to say, We're gonna take it for God. And year after year goes by, and it doesn't seem like you make a dent or a chip off the boulder. You're saying, This thing is beyond us. Beyond us. Okay. <clears throat> every circumstance, every situation is beyond human ability, beyond mine and your ability. The enemy, somewhere out there now, has 20,000 shoulder-holding air, ground-to-air missiles. (laughs) What? He's got what? Yeah, he's got 20,000 of them. You got a jawbone. See, in, in the natural, I mean, we just look unbelievably silly and feeble. But God shows us through the Word. He gives us these great stories. As you should be able to relate, just little housewife, doing your four dishes a night, thinking you're feeble and you have no ability with God, no power with God, nothing. What can you offer a church? What equipment do you have? No money can't sing getting old eyes going bad what can you do to try to help and further the kingdom of god in these last days when wickedness abounds and then they make another horrible movie and then they have another horrible channel on and then constantly having the upper hand greater in number they're greater in money they're greater in ability, and they're greater in weaponry. All the time. Joshua 11, verse 1. And it came to pass, when Jabed, king of Hazor, had heard those things he, that he sent to Jobeb, king of Madon, and to the king of Shimron, and to the king of Axith, and to to the kings that were on the north of the mountains, and on the plain south of Chinneroth, and in the valley, and in the borders of Dor on the west. He's sending out to the enemy. Start to gather. Get your people. Accumulate them. Come get them. And to the Canaanite on the east, and on the west, and to the Amorites and to the Hittites, and the Persites and the Jebusites, and in the mountains, and to the Hivite under Hermon, and to the land of Mizpeth. And they went out, they and all their hosts with them, much people, even as the sand that is upon the seashore in multitude, with horses and chariots, very many. And when all these kings were met together, they came and pitched together in the waters of Merom, To fight against Israel. This is a typical circumstance or situation a Christian woman or man always finds himself in today. Always outnumbered. The enemy has MTV. and All the filth and all the pornography and all the various things to try to take us down. Constantly gathering around us every situation every circumstance are beyond us all the time many times through my christian walk over 35 years now many times i could i remember saying to god how did i get in this situation when 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 did this happen i always seem to find myself teetering out on the very end of some branch in the name of the Lord, when all I was doing is attempting to serve Almighty God, to build a church on the rock, or to just live godly, have a nice marriage, and I find myself, before I know it, way out there on this branch, and I'm thinking, how did this happen again? I always find myself in these impossible situations. Sometimes weeping in the Word of God late at night. In our first story Goliath, the enemy always has a champion to come after you, a reigning champion. Beat you all the time, has whooped you for years. Whether it's that habit, that lust, that craving that you just seem to can't break. And he comes and he bellows out his stuff at you again. Then Goliath, a Philistine. This is the New Living Translation. 1 Samuel 17, 4. A Philistine champion from Gath. Not just a bad dude. He's the champion. Came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. Nine feet. He wore a bronze helmet, and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. His coat he puts on. The the, the suit jacket, 125 pounds. Over half of what I weigh, he wore for a suit coat to go out. He also wore bronze leg armor and carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His arm bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. Goliath stood and shouted and taunted across to the Israelites. "'Why are you all coming out to fight?' he called. "'I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. "'Choose one man to come down here and fight me. "'And if he kills me, then he will be your slaves. "'Then we will be your slaves. "'But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. "'I defy the armies of Israel today.' Send a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified deeply and shaken. Probably going instantly into the natural. Instantly, what church says we've got to have board meetings, we've got to have this meeting and that meeting and this meeting. Send to the armed What do we have? Who's the biggest guy around? You are Saul. Who's the next biggest? Who do we have to match us as they go into the natural thinking and taking a vote? Who votes we fight? Who votes we don't? As the natural man takes over, who once ever raised the thought of, let's get a slingshot? Who would have came up with that thought? Who would have came up with that idea? No man. Nobody. None whatsoever. And you know the story. Now the slingshot more is probably one that he whipped like this. As you go down to 1 Samuel 17, 40. It says, and he's talking about David now, as David's on the scene. And David wasn't even on the scene. His three brothers went to war. David was back there taking care of the sheep. Remember, because he was the youngest. How long have you been serving God? Lots of you a lot younger than I have been. And so you sit there and you think, yeah, no wonder God uses you. You're almost 40 years in the servant God. David was the youngest. The youngest. The youngest in God's plan taking on the champion of the enemy. Think of it. So as you look at the Scripture, David walks over and picks up five stones. Five smooth stones from a stream, and put them into a shepherd's bag. Then, armed only with the shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight against the Philistine. Five stones. And this guy's screaming obscenities. And he's nine feet tall. Is this three foot from the floor? More. 12, 24, 30. Okay, a little less than three foot. I'm six foot. So that's a little, uh, almost nine foot. This is what's staring at him with huge muscles. He's taking these little stones and four, four, five. Insane. What God calls us, calls us to do is insane to the natural. To believe for the impossible. And he started across the valley of the Philistine to fight. Goliath walked out again toward David with his shield bare behind him, sneering in contempt at his ruddy-faced boy. It was a boy. A boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come with me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals, Goliath yelled. Come on, think of the situation. Sometimes traveling somewhere, wherever I'm not real familiar with and I need gas and it's about 1130 at night and you're pulling in and you're this age and this shape and you get out and you see some people that look, ooh nerve-wracking. You're like, $10, that's enough. Because you get intimidated by things around. Nine-foot champion screaming at you. And these are the greatest, greatest superhero stories any young kid could want. These. They don't have to make them up. David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Of heaven's name of the, of the Lord of heaven's armies, that God of the armies of Israel whom you have defiled. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head, and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Do you hear that part? And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spirit. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. This nine-foot champion taken out with a slingshot and a stone. Taken out with a slingshot and a stone. You've got Goliath in your life. So this somewhat of an apparatus that would have been used, and this kind of a stone right here, what I'm holding, took out the champion of the enemy. That's all you need. I think it's pretty cool. Took them out. You don't need the 20,000 rocket launchers. You don't need the tank with the computerized firing mechanism. You don't need the jets that are shooting, blow up things, and you don't even know they're there, they're gone, stealth. You don't. You need to think like God tells you to, according to the Word of God. Let's look at the next one, Judges 15, 9. Then the Philistines went up and pitched in Judah and spread themselves in Lehi. Here's the enemy again. Do you understand? The enemy never relents. The enemy never stops. He doesn't take a holiday. He doesn't get two weeks vacation this year and three personals. He doesn't. He's always spreading himself against you. Against you. And most of you have the stones in the bag and the slingshot on your side and you don't even think that it could possibly be a weapon to have victory. And God shows you and records it in the Word of God. It's all you Look at our our weaponry. Look at it. You know that the Word of God tells us for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Man, there's these things are feeble and, and absolutely ridiculous. I mean, if I was a Secretary of Defense and I'm going to put 30,000 boots on the ground in Iraq and I'm going to give them a horn a can on the pitcher. I mean, think of it. Think of it. But think of this. Think of this. When God is behind a horn, a candle, and a pitcher. When God's behind it. When God's for you. you got more weaponry than you know to take your half acre. So here they are again, spread out all over again. And the men of Judah said, why are you come up against us? And they answered, to bind Samson, or we come up, to do him as he has done to us. Samson thumped some of them and they were coming back looking for him. And this, if you keep reading, these are uh, friends of Samson and they're quick to turn them over. That happens all the time. So here we are again. It seems like we go from one battle to another, to another, and to another. It's the way it is. But God gives you victory all the time. We had... A large short, falling short of the bus money. Can't quite remember what the figure was. 800, 850. Somewhere in there, we're going to ease. And with all our building and stuff and buying over there, I'm going, Adam, <laughs> Adam. It's a lot of money. And so we thought, okay, let's come up with the, with the subs. And the amount of subs that they sold, I think it was, we had 225 subs. We sold 217. It came out to about $700, somewhere around his exact figures. So we're $100 or $150 short. But then I remembered that one of my secretaries told me that someone came in two days ago and wrote out a check for $100 $150. I forget what it was. So we got exactly what we needed. When you look at it, you go, 850, geez. Sometimes 850 might as well be 8,550. But God always comes through for his people. Uh, it took maybe, I don't know, I wasn't in on the cutting part, a couple hours to cut the meat maybe, and a couple hours to make it. A little group of people devoted four hours. And, and, and with, I should have had a sandwich up here. I should have had a sub up here as a weapon. Because that's how we defeated the enemy with a 12-inch sub. Seriously. We got weapons all over the place. We just don't know it. We don't recognize it. So here they go again in this battle. Philistines all around again. Judges 15, 14 says, And when he came unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him, against Samson. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And the cords that were upon his arm broke as flax and was burnt with fire, and his bands loosed from off his hands. And he found a new jawbone of a donkey, and he put forth his hand and took it and slew a thousand men with it. And so our own Aaron works at the wilds. And I text Aaron while by. I said, can you give me a jawbone of a horse? And I, here it is. But it's, it's a jawbone of some beast that comes from the east. It's, I mean, it could actually be like this size, she told me. And I, I can't swing it around. I've got to be careful with it. But this, look at it. Does it look like a weapon that you want to grab when a thousand men are coming and beating at your door? Or a thousand demons are bothering you at night? Where's my jawbone? But God was behind it. And he used that which was around Samson in the midst of the battle. Whatever it is, if you're just crying away, God will use those tears to give you great victory. And he slew a thousand of the enemy with this. It's amazing. And that's not even the end of the story. I always would end there. But it's even weirder. We don't have to read all that because he does. He just beats him in the submission. Verse 16, Samson said, With the jawbone of a donkey. Listen, heaps upon heaps. A thousand bodies piled upon heaps upon heaps. And one guy standing exhausted, probably breathing <sighs> with this. You can just feel the doubt with this. It's what the word says. It does. And you know what? I believe it. I believe it because I just believe God. God, that's what you said. I believe it. That this took out a thousand of the enemy. That. job. And so Samson, after his great victory, he's standing there just a he. Well, look at verse 18. And he was sore athirst. King James, where he had a powerful thirst. And he called on the Lord and said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant, and now shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? I mean, we're all the same. Well, do you think you would look in the mirror? You see heaps of dead people all around you. So you're exhausted. Wouldn't you think, man, God, you're absolutely awesome! My gosh, I can't. You might even do a Pentecostal dance. You'd be so excited. Oh, my gosh, he did it through this and me. Not so. What did he do? He moaned. As if he thought he did it himself with his skills to kill. So he moans to God. So now, great, I got this great victory. Now I'm going to die of thirst? Can't we ever just simply believe God. But that's a perfect example of human nature. And it goes on in verse 19, but God clave in hollow place that was in the jaw, and there came water thereout. And when he had drunk, his spirit came again, and he revived. Is that what is What? The jawbone was a tremendous sword thousand dead, and, and now it's a glass of water. <laughs> Is there anything too difficult for God that you're going through? Do you have to run around and think, oh, I can't afford the highest weapon artillery. I have no more ammo. I don't know what to That's just some weird jawbone laying on the ground. And when they jumped on him, maybe he, he just grabbed it. And the power of God came on him. And the anointing of God shot through his arm with that jawbone. And that thing might, might as well have been a Gatling gun. He just took them all out. And then he took a drink from it. And he did it. This took out the champion. This took out a bunch of Philistines. Philistines. A thousand, a thousand of them. One thousand. How can that be? I mean, I, I can't even figure out how he did it. But that's the problem with us. What do they do? Just go like this. And he whacked them, whacked them, whacked. Wouldn't they be running all, you know, they, I don't know how he did it. But he did it. And God recorded it so that you and I could get a little stirring from it in 2011 this Sunday night to see what God did, what He used to took out the champion and what He used to took out a thousand guys who are bugging you. Take them out. And He did with a jawbone. Insane. Doesn't it say in Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches in glory by Jesus Christ. Can't we just believe that? The world's going to end soon. Let's just go out and believe in that. Just, just believe this scripture. All right, one more. Then again, Judges 7, 12, in the Midianites, and the Anakites, and all the children of the east, lay along in the valley like grasshoppers for a multitude and their camels were without number as the sand by the seaside for a multitude. Now we've been talking about all this very six thousand horsemen, thirty thousand chariots. Now they got camels without number. Does it ever stop? No. It doesn't. Huh. You got a slingshot? You got a horse's jaw. What else you want? So now you're going to find yourself in another battle. And God says, no problem. Open up this one. You're going to get a pitcher. You're going to get a candle. And you're going to get a horn. This is what the people of God, they represent God's unbelievable power. See it? Judges 6.1. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them unto the hand of the Midian seven years. In the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. And because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them dens, which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. Here's another perfect example. Church is not doing what it's supposed to be doing. God delivers us over to the stupidness and silliness that they're getting involved in. We hide in caves and thickets, just like these guys are doing in their dens and mountain caves and strongholds, hiding, just trying to hang on till Jesus comes back. And so it was, when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them, and they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth till thou come unto Gaza, and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor donkey. They kept robbing and stealing our stuff all the time. We would till the ground with our sweat. We would grow it. We'd cultivate it. We'd raise our kids. they go to college and they are stolen from us again. Or we pour life into some poor sinner. They get right with God. They start walking with God. And then the enemy, the giants jump on them and they rip them out of the kingdom of God and they go back into their sin worse than they were when they first start. Same thing. Verse 5, for they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers now. Now look here. One dude. A thousand dudes. (laughs) Now grasshoppers. A multitude of grasshoppers. And they still have modern day plagues where these grasshoppers or whatever they call them. And they're just everywhere, as far as you can see. They darken the sky sometimes as they fly around and then land and just eat everything. There's your weapons. You can have one habit constantly harassing you. You can have a thousand demons trying to torment you. You can just have a multitude of problems. God says, there's your weapons. Look what verse 6 says. This is the church and us, the people of God. Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. Look, until this church cries unto God, we might maintain a ministry. You must cry unto God. You must cry out to God you can get here Wednesday, get here Wednesday. So where we come together to cry out to God. We've been stumbling over ourselves trying to get going on Saturday night again. Too much Saturday night stuff going on. Come on Saturday night, 7.30. Back there, we'll pray. This, that praying is what makes this stuff work. Other than that, you're going to look like a jerk. In the name of Jesus. Do you understand? That's what we do. We do all the shortcut stuff. We'll, we'll get the pitcher in the can on the trumpet. Absolutely. Victory in Jesus, right? Never do a lick for God. Never spend no time for God, crying out to God, begging God, help me. Just expect Him to do it. And the church has looked foolish over years. In my lifetime, the church has looked, I think it's still the greatest thing along, but it has sure looked foolish. There has been people that have made it look ridiculous. And without the anointing and the stamp of God on it, it does look ridiculous. It does. But not until it works. When it works, it's a different story. And when God's in it, it'll work. It will work. All of a sudden, Gideon says, God speaks to him. He shows him stuff in a dream. You know the story of Gideon? Judges 7, 17, and he says unto them, Look on me, and do likewise. And behold, when I come come to the outside of the camp, it shall be that as I do, so shall you do. When I blow with a trumpet, I and all that are with me, then blow ye the trumpets also on every side of the camp, and say, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men, hundred, they have... Camels they cannot number. Their multitude as grasshoppers. Again, using the reference as the uh, sand of the seashore. There's too many. Just if you go on your beach and you put your feet in, you say, okay, count the sand. You just can't. And that's what it was with the enemy. Gideon's got a hundred guys. I don't know. I don't even know if we've got a hundred tonight. A hundred guys. A hundred guys, a hundred. So Gideon and the hundred men that were with him came unto the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch, and they had but newly set the watch, and they blew the trumpets, break the pitchers that were in their hands. And the three companies blew the trumpets, and break the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow withal. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So they break the pitcher and they're holding the candle. <laughs> More camels, they can't even number them. The sand. And this is what God's telling you to do. You trust me. You believe. You stepped up in faith. You just keep praying down in that basement. You sip your coffee and read the word of God. You hang in there no matter what the doctors say. No matter what the finances say. No matter how weird that kid of yours gets. No matter how bad. You hang in there! And trust God. I mean, come on. And most of the time you drank your coffee, memorized your scriptures, you climbed back up and Get a phone call from the police and your kid's arrested. Because you think it's going to be, you just keep hanging in there. And you just keep praying and trusting God. Get out of that microwave answered prayer stuff. God does a work in us as we hang on by faith, trusting him. Oh, he still does miraculous, absolutely instantaneous things. But a lot of times, you and I will only serve him if he does it on our timetable, and we blink. We want it done. Multitudes of the sea. I don't know what I would do if I'm standing there. Gideon says, "You do what I do." And I don't know. I know me. I mean, I might be looking at Bruce. <laughs> I mean, would you? Or could there just possibly be enough faith in 100 people that they would say, get my picture and just believe whether we die or whether we live, we're God's. Why not? Why do we cave? He brought the victories. Look what he brought the victories from. So how can you leave here and think, I don't know Scripture as much as him, and I don't know Scripture as much as... Look what he used. <laughs> Who cannot use this here? I mean, I'd get it down after a while. I might drop one or shoot it over there, but sooner or later, I'm going to get it. I can pick this up and swing it. I can break a pitcher. I can light a candle. It might not sound good, but I'll blow this thing. Who can't do this that's here to bring great deliverance for the kingdom of God and for the people of God? Look at it. Look at your weaponry. Here's the cool part, verse 21. And they stood every man in his place round about the camp, and all the host that could not be numbered ran and cried, and fled. Now, it might not mean this, but when I, when I read that, I went, they what? They cried? They cried. Now, maybe it meant they cried out, but I'm thinking, they cried. I thought, how cool is that? God makes the greatest gathering of army and weaponry. Weep, cry, and run. Because one Christian broke a pitcher lit a candle and blew a trumpet you can do that so that means you and a hundred other 99 others can defeat a multitude that we can't even count you defeated thousands so a slingshot took out the champion a jawbone, a thousand of the enemy, and a number that cannot be numbered of the enemy. Here's one right here. There's another one we'll get to in a second. Rewind us down. So Pharaoh lets the people go. Out they go of Egypt. The Lord says to Moses, what's that in your hand? Moses went, a rod. We taught a message a long time ago. Maybe you need to bring it out one of these days and do it again. But you can look it up. The rod is the word of God. The branch, remember it talks about the branch, the root of Jesse, the rod. It's all, it's the word. So he says to you, what's that in your hand? Huh? What? What's that in your... Oh, the word. Exodus fourteen eight says, And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them in camping by the sea. Egypt at that time was the power. Had all the high-tech stuff that there possibly could have. And out of all these Jews are walking through. You know the story what released them. And so out they come. And after the release, it says, if Pharaoh go, what did I do? Saddle up everything we got and go after them. And so off they go. Verse 10: And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid again. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And what did Moses do? He walked to the Red Sea. And here they come, stim, vroom, 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 clouds of dust and anger. And he lifted up the rod. And the sea parted. And all the people went across as the funnel of fire protected them so everyone could get across. The stragglers, the little babies, get them across. The fire was protecting them. Across they went. And the enemy with his rage went after them into the Red Sea. What did Moses do? Turned around, saw them coming, lifted up the word again. Your enemies are drowned in the page of this book. Your enemies are drowned by the word of God. You are. The other weapon that goes there that God wants to use? We find it. Oh. You. You. He'll use a slingshot, jawbone, pitcher candle horn, and you. For you and God are a majority. You, Chris. You. By yourself. Everyone against you. Just you and your word are a majority. Remington, you. God wants to use you. All you people. And God gives you these little faith stories for you to go, huh, really? What? Hey, maybe? Possibly. Oh my gosh, God will use anything. God will even use me. You don't have to have a pulpit and a memory. All you gotta have is faith and trust in God and hold up his word and cry out to God. That's it. That's all you got to do. God has certainly been sending us down this path of defeating the enemy in our lives so that we can be set free to do more for God. You remember when David took out Goliath? What did he do before that? He took out the grizzly. And he took out the lion. Now we we saw some sorry pictures. I thank God for our sheriff and them guys. That's sad, that situation. David took them out with his hands. That long lion that they shot in the field, David grabbed it by the beard, beard, chin, and took him out. And the grizzly. Goliath maybe didn't even look big to him. The grizzly get up on his back legs. Paws like this. claws like this. I mean, I didn't say this to my wife. I didn't. When all these animals were out, it was late at night and getting dark. I felt like I lived in Jurassic Park. I did. I did. If you've ever been to my house, most people come in the side the way the house lays in the driveways right here, and it's a big glass French door type deal. And I'm thinking, what a stupid door to have on a night like this. <laughs> Just like the Word of God, I'm saying, man, if a fox wanted to run through this house, he could. And you've got this grizzly that raises up because it took a sheep, and the ruddy-faced boy took out the grizzly. These battles that you're going through, or for a reason, you get victory over the line. You think, huh, wow, was that lucky? Then you take out the grizzly. And then as you move on and groan and God, you're, who's talking about my God like this? And then a thousand punks come at You, you say, no, no way. Grasshoppers, like a multitude, you say, I don't care. Each time you're stepping up in faith and believing God, God all the time receives the glory because there's no possible way you could do any of this. And that's what will draw the multitude as it gets chaotic out there. Let's stand. Look here as you're standing. Here's the sad part. Most of these are empty. They're empty. People of God not stepping up to the plate. I don't know, or just think we're on in a, in a ride on a bus or something, and we'll just get off when we arrive in heaven. Battles are a part of it, Alan. That's part of it. You have to fight art every day of your life to hang on to that salvation, to get victory for God. You go walking into the jail, you think it's going to be easy to witness to those who are incarcerated for crime. You don't think the enemy's going to put a target on your back. But art, slingshot and a stone. Can take out the giant. And so can you, ladies. You can take him out. Because your God is awesome. Look what he used. Smooth stone. I mean, I just can't help but keep repeating my can't help it. Look what he when you look at him, you think, oh my gosh. Because what I, I look at sometimes the, the, the church's ability and, and finances, and I just go, geez, if we could only, if we just had, if we were just. This is our pitcher. I'll give it to the church. This is our candle. I'll give that to the church. I think this is our horn. I'll give that to the church. Okay, God. Now the church has what it needs to do it so that he can tap a Mike Ross. And Mike, I'll do it for you, God. You're the ones. Let's pray. Father, again, we want to open up our altars, Lord, but again, this is where we're asking for the Spirit of Almighty God to come down and rest upon his people. Lord, you speak to them. You know where they're at in life. You know the circumstances. You know our frets and our worries. Lord, you know the multitudes, the giant. You know everything. We just pray that you would settle in upon this time here at the altar. And Lord, you would start to move miraculously. Start to do tremendous things in people's lives. Lord, that they can go from faith to faith believing. You put them in these unbelievable situations way out on this thin branch, Lord, so that you will receive glory in their life. When all will curse and shake their fist at you, Lord, let these people just simply trust Almighty God. And Lord, that you will use whatever's in their hands, God, to bring great victory, great victory, God, in Jesus' name. I'm going to open up our altars for a little bit. Please come if you have such a desire to just ask God whether to forgive you or just help you or show you your weapon. Tell God, I'll sit in that chair for you, God. I want you to use me. Thank you for these great stories, Lord. Great stories of deliverance and victory, Lord. Amen. Perfect song. You can use me. Use them, Lord. Use them. anything, Lord, you can use me. Yes. You can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Can use me. You can use me. You can use me. Yes, take his hand. You can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Amen. Amen. He can use you. Ask God, take your hands, take your feet. Use me, Lord. can use me anything Lord you can use me God uses housewives yes If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Anything, Lord, you can use me. Anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord. Anything, Lord, you can use me.
1: Lord God, we come before you, and I just thank you for tonight, God. God, I thank you for you. are so awesome. There was not anybody here who was worthy to be used by you, God, but you still use us, God. Use the smallest of things to show how great and how wonderful you are, Lord. God, I pray as we go out through this week, we go out wherever we're at, God, and whatever gets us down, and whatever looks like a giant to us, whatever Goliath is in front of me, God, I will grab these stones, and I will grab my slingshot, and I will move on, and I will take whatever's down in front of me, God. God, I pray as we go out, Lord, that you would give us strength to stand up to our peers at work, to give us strength to stand up to our peers at school, or wherever we might go, God. I ask that you would open our eyes as we're out, Lord, to be used by you, God, and want to be used by you, God. Lord, it's in your name we pray. Amen.